0: On today's episode of Sports in the World Football Edition, me and Chris recap the NFL Week 11. Chris gave you his fantasy football start and sit him. We recap college football Week 12 and recap a pivotal Week 13 in college football and also talk about Colin Kaepernick and the Steelers and the Browns. That's today on Sports of the World Football Edition. And welcome into this episode of Sports in the World Football Edition. I'm Ladarius, and I'm Chris. And if you're listening to us through Anchor, Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcast, or wherever podcast or heard, we both truly do appreciate it. And how are you, my man?
1: I'm good, man. How about you?
0: I'm doing good. Falcons win. You know, it's always it's always a great day when that happens.
1: But, yeah, hell, even the Jets won. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: I guess they listen to the podcast. Like, okay, we got to. Like, we can't be ripped by these two. Anybody else, fine. But not these two. Sorry, but, that. but, so, a lot of stuff to get into. So, let's just dive right on into NFL Week 11 and give me your thoughts on it.
1: Uh, well, all pun intended, Week 11 was a big hit.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, um, Some great games all the way around. Uh, all starting with, with Thursday. Uh, I know we're we're going to talk about uh, the behavior of some certain individuals on field uh, of Thursday night's game, so I won't talk into that. But, uh, you know, Cleveland uh, rung the bell of Pittsburgh uh, with a victory 21-7. Um, that was a, an okay game to watch, actually. Once, you know, a, again, I, I think I just need to suck it up on Thursdays and stay up and watch these games. Uh, you know, because usually Thursday is one of my longer days at the office. So I'm, I'm having to go in earlier to beat traffic and get into the city and so on and so forth. And then I'm staying late to get some stuff done. So I have less to do on Friday so I can just, you know, put on my skates and skate out of there. Uh, you know, so Thursday nights for me, I try to go to bed early. And every time I stay up and watch a game, it's eh, okay. I go to bed. Goddamn World War III happens on the field. Um, you know, so that was a pretty good game. Uh like what you said, the Falcons and the Panthers. I don't know what happened in the locker room of the Atlanta Falcons. Something happened. I don't know if uh the Falcons coach talked with maybe some unemployed people to see how the un- unemployment system was going. <laughs> but something happened where the Falcons just straight trucked the carolina panthers i don't know maybe if uh kyle allen has just ran out of magic and spark because he threw four four picks uh on sunday which is a little out of character for him um christian mccaffrey still had a good game uh you know he had 120 yards received 121 yards receiving 70 yards on the ground uh so if you got him in fantasy he did you good but out of that game that was really the only thing to take away from it from the panthers um their only points were a field goal in the fourth, fourth quarter uh you know matt ryan went 21 for 31 311 yards on a touchdown uh you know uh hill on the ground went uh 15 attempts for 30 yards really not too much moving on the ground. Uh, the story of the game was Calvin Ridley uh, going, you know, eight targets, eight receptions, 143 yards and a touchdown. Um, you know, that was a huge, huge mark on that. Um, and, of course, Julio Jones, six receptions for 91 yards. Um, you know, they didn't pass around the ball too much, but Atlanta just played consistent on both sides of the ball. And I think that's where they have failed is specifically on defense. Um you know the Falcons just couldn't do it. You know even uh, special teams, Atlanta did a great job. Uh, so I'm just all three fronts uh, fronts of the game. Uh, I think were just well played. Um, you know, hopefully Matty Ice is on that that incline. He 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 was at the at the valley. Maybe he's going to the peak of the season. So uh, we'll see what happens on that. Uh, of course, the Jets and the Redskins was a very good game to watch. You know, Darnold just had a great day. He went uh, 19 for 30, 293 yards, four touchdowns, and only one interception. Uh, So maybe Casper and his cousins finally left him, Uh, um, you know, so to actually focus and, uh, you know, get the ball downfield. Uh, You know, Le'Veon Bell, one touchdown, 18 attempts on 59 yards running. Uh, Receptions, he only had two for 33 uh, you know, Robbie Anderson got punched in the end zone. Mr. Griffin got punched in. Crowder got punched in. Uh, same thing. It's just on both sides of the ball. Uh, you know, Darnold had a career high again, with four touchdowns. Uh, defensively, the Jets played incredibly well. Um, you know, everything clicked with uh, with the game. You know, again, it, it's only Washington, and of course, are one of the worst teams in the NFL at one and nine. Um, but, you know, it at least gives, if not, uh, fans hope, at least Darnold hope that he's not like a complete failure. He has the potential. I mean, our offensive line is, is his biggest enemy. It's not the, it's not the opposing team's defense. It's the lack of coverage that he gets. Mm-hmm. Uh, O-line produced a little okay this week. Um, there's still room to grow on it. Um, there's just so many good games, uh, the the pats and the eagles was actually a good game better than i thought it was going to be um the cowboys and lions so I, I had a chance to watch that game and the vikings and broncos game and both games were incredibly well and this uh, i'm i'm gonna start saying we might have to pay attention to dallas Dak prescott went out there and you know uh Detroit isn't a, a slouch defense. They're definitely not the best in the NFL, but they're definitely not the worst. Um, you know, Dallas went out, out there and and performed with authority. Gallup made a lot of good catches. Um, you know, Zeke didn't do too much on the ground. Uh, but, you know, receiving wise he, he caught a couple passes. Uh, one of them particularly that got himself into the end zone. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, Dak threw for 444 yards and three touchdowns. You know, this is starting to become a, uh, uh, a reoccurrence in the, the field view of Dallas is that Dak Prescott has had multiple games well over 300 yards passing with multiple t- touchdowns. I think the problem is the defense didn't match that energy, and now that the it has this is interesting, I mean granted uh you know Stafford's out indefinitely with a with a hip and back injury, so former gator Jeff Driscoll stepped in uh you know, he went fifteen for twenty six two hundred and nine yards, two touchdowns, which I'm shocked uh he didn't throw an interception. I don't think I honestly watched a game when he played in the swamp where he didn't throw an interception uh you, you know so i'm I'm somehow wondering how Driscoll made it uh and and is suddenly performing well in the nfl because he he did not do well in florida then when he busted his ankle we kind of could do the same thing that we're going to eventually do to franks and send him on his way go to another school he played in louisiana tech dominated that but again that's louisiana tech um but overall you know that was a well-played game um the one that i just want to circle back to is just just the 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 broncos and the vikings Kirk oh Cousins is having a second coming of Christ. Um, the, I think the criticism that he received woke him up. Yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> um, still, yeah, I'm he still
0: waiting on that fruit basket, by the
1: way. Yeah, still I think waiting you're going to be waiting for a while, man. Um, <laughs> you know, he won 29 for 35, 319 yards, three touchdowns. Um, they did not have a successful running game this week with Dalvin Cook. Unlike last week. Dalvin Cook could not be stopped the previous week. There was nothing you could do no matter what you did. That man just bowled through you. Uh, Denver somehow found the answer to, to put a cork in Dalvin Cook. I mean, he did score one touchdown, but he had 11 rush attempts for, for 26 yards. Um, and he only had five receptions for 31 yards. So he really wasn't a threat this game. Um, the big showstopper was, you know, was Kevin Rudolph. Uh, and Stefan Diggs cracking open. And, you know they were down what uh, the uh, it was twenty to zero at halftime. You know normally when you're at that much of a point spread, you kind of watch. You know you you write off the game and say, oh, you know they try and they came back and they won twenty seven twenty three. Uh, you know so hats off to the Vikings. They're another for real program. I I expect to see some great things out of. Um, you know like I said, there is so many good games. The, the Chiefs and Chargers and actually that game was a little bit closer than I thought it was um, you know and then the other curveball is Chicago you know Chicago's in a situation where Trubisky I don't think is the answer at this point they benched him in the fourth quarter and they said it was for an injury related uh, sitting not a performance based sitting um, so I wonder well, the truth to that I guess I'll ask but you know what does Chicago do at this point after the season. Um, you know, we're we're heading into, you know, week twelve. So you've only, you know, got five more weeks left of the season. I, I don't think the Bears are gonna see much of a playoff appearance. Did they make a move in the off season? Did they try to make a move now for somebody in free agency? Question mark, question mark, question mark. We'll see. Um but yeah, I mean there's just like I said, there was just so many great games. I, I, I could spend two hours just talking about this, but uh you know we got some other topics to cover. But uh, that's pretty much what I wanted to, to touch on this week. What about you? Well, uh, you know, you, uh,
0: I'm, I'm gonna circle back to the – uh cause I got some things to say about Philip Eastern Rivers. I got some things to say about that. But I, I want to go back to your point. I, w- I actually want to go to your point about Dallas. You know, for Dak Prescott, listen, they've won three of the last four games. You know, you know, Dak Prescott, ten touchdowns, three interceptions in that stretch. I think it's fair to say now, and I and I said this weeks ago, you gotta pay Dak Prescott, not Russell Wilson money, but I say in that class of Aaron Rodgers, if that makes any sense. In that I I honestly believe in Dak Prescott. The question becomes at this point of the season, the only enemy right now to me is Jason Garrett, is Mr. Clap Hands himself. Because I just don't I just don't foresee I just I how can I put this? I foresee a one on one matchup with the Philadelphia Eagles again to for this division. And if Dak Prescott can roll into that game playing that well, I, I I can see Dallas making a move and I know you gave me a lot of flack for I ranked them really high in our in our NFL rankings. I think you I think you gave me a lot of flack for giving I think I put Dallas as a top ten team and you gave me yeah, a lot. I,
1: I talked a lot of shit about that.
0: And, and, and I was like, "No, I, I believe in the team, not the coach. It's one of the things where I don't believe in Jason Garrett. I, I, I still believe that nothing short of an NFC championship appearance Jason Garrett is done. I just I believe I, I just believe the expectations are just very high. so but moving on, you know, I want to talk about Lamar Jackson once again. This could be the, this could be the Lamar Jackson show. You know, listen, now it's going to be a, it's a great match between two great quarterbacks, and that game was pretty much over by the first, by the half. With Lamar Jackson, 17-24, 20-22 yards, he had four touchdowns, and then you throw on, he had nine carries for 86 yards. It was the run game of Baltimore, listen, between Gus Edwards and Mark Ingram. Listen, those dudes, listen, for Gus Edwards, listen, he had eight carries for 112 yards in the touchdown. Mark Ingram in the past game, three receptions, 37 yards and two touchdowns for anybody who doesn't believe in Baltimore. Baltimore has beaten Seattle. They beat New England and Lamarge and they beat Seattle on the road. So in my mind, if Lamar Jackson is not near the top or at the top of your list, then we're not watching the same game. We're, we're watching the, We're not watching the same game. He's the real deal. And listen, Deshaun Watson didn't slouch. He was 18 and 29, 169 yards. But he got sacked seven times, Chris, seven. And, yeah. once, and once again, that's, that still concerns me because you know why? Only three other dudes have been sacked more. Winston, you go out to Winston, Kyler Murray, and Daniel Jones. And none of those teams are sniffing the playoffs, but the Houston Texans are. For a team in the playoffs, they got that old line was supposed to be solved, and they haven't figured that out. That's a deep concern for me. And, you know, I'm going to pat my back for the Atlanta Falcons. Listen, I didn't pick them, but that's motivation. So, listen, for the the Atlanta Falcons, they actually figured out Dan Quinn, like you say. He talked to a couple of dudes and found out the checks weren't as big as they used to be for unemployment. So he realized that, listen, I got to start winning football games. Here's the thing. They had two interceptions all year. Like you said, they had four interceptions in that game. The defense had five sacks. And I tell I think I said this when I blasted the Falcons. Listen, and the two guys who stepped up were Adrian Claiborne and Vic Beasley. Who knew they were there? You couldn't tell the last the first half of the season. They showed up and they played. Claiborne had two sacks, Vic Beasley had a sack. But going back to your point about Kyle Allen. It's it's been a listen right now. They've lost three or four. Kyle Allen, nine interceptions in the last four games. He he had zero interceptions in his first four consecutive starts. For A, you know, for Christian McCaffrey, shout out to him. He passed LT for the most receptions by a running back in his first three NFL seasons. So kudos to Christian McCaffrey. Give him some love because that was the only thing working out of positive for Carolina <laughs> that game. So. Chris McCaffrey's looking around like, ha. Ah. So, but you know, you know, there's a couple of games I could talk about, but I'm a, I want to go to Denver for a minute. First and foremost, twenty to nothing. You're on the road against a very good team. You get and listen, and and the listen, for the Minnesota Vikings, listen, it's the first time in five years, Chris, that a team won a game after trailing by twenty plus points at halftime in five years in five years that's de- so basically it's like man Rivera in the ninth inning that you can't lose it's if you take away that ninth inning for the diamondbacks man Rivera was spotless if yep. you t- if you take that out of his career, it's the same thing the last five years in the NFL 20 point lead you should be able to win it right no it's not Denver not John Elway Rocky Mountain High, not getting it. And and here's the more points. The Denver Broncos has not scored a touchdown in the fourth quarter in six straight games. Six straight games did not score a touchdown in the fourth quarter. And and in games decided by seven points or left, they're two and seven. They're two and seven. If they win just two or three more of those games, we could have a different conversation, but at the end of the day, I think you harped on it. I think you harped on it earlier on a previous podcast. That listen, Vic Fangio may be one and done in Denver. Yeah, because I I can't see a situation where I'm not saying it's his fault, but what I'm what, what I'm also going to say is is that it, someone has to someone has to fall on the sword. That's just someone has to be a martyr for this team, and it has to be the coach. Not saying it should be John Elway, but that's a whole—it's a horse of another color. But you know, good job by the Saints. You know, Arizona, San Francisco, coming. Jimmy G, first 400-yard passing game. You know, the I want to shout out to the Raiders. This the rookie Max Crosby had four sacks, and that's a rookie team record. That's the most sacks since Khalil Return of the Mac did against ironically against Denver back in 2015. But I. I uh, I want to go back to that Chiefs Chargers game. I saw the game. I'm just gonna simply put it like this. I think I have said it, and I think the last week I remember I said there was a coach that should be on the hot seat, and I never revealed the name of that coach. If I'm not mistaken, I realized it's Anthony Lynn and she, it's Anthony Lynn for the L.A. Chargers. I was that was my thing last year where I'm like, where I said last week. At some point, at some point, his interceptions, Phillip Rivers has gotten worse. And this season, the fourth quarter, I'm gonna read you some numbers, Chris. Thanks to the five folks at NFL.com. Because you know, you know me, I love a good, a good set of numbers. Here's the thing. This is Phillip Rivers in the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter, Phillip Rivers is 77 to 134. So basically he's competing 50% of his passes, 910 yards, five touchdowns, six interceptions. Is the QBR is seventy-two, so you're thinking that's pretty bad, right? That's, I'll I'll go worse. Philip Rivers in the fourth quarter with her within seven points, forty of eighty-three, so basically forty-eight percent, two touchdowns, five interceptions. That's Phillip Rivers in the fourth quarter, and and at some point, I got the the way the Chargers are playing. The way the Charges, the, the expectations I had for them this year were the same expectations I had when I was going to watch Street Fighter. I was excited because I love Street Fighter. Remember back in the day, Street Fighter?
1: <laughs> I,
0: I had the same expectations. I John think you Paul know.
1: Van Damme.
0: Yeah, and you knew where I was going with this. And the next thing you know, you click it on, you're like, oh, Philip Rivers is garbage. And why is a Belgian playing an American? So it's the same. I had the same reaction. I just literally just walked off. Because it doesn't make sense. Right now, the Chargers are one of those teams where, listen, I think they got a clean house. I, I really do. And Anthony Lynn's a good dude, but they got a clean house. Because, you know.
1: Yeah, I, I could agree on that. Uh, I,
0: I, I just think, you know, there's a quote that, you know, I, I used to say this in school. I used to say it, and I say it in life. Excuses are the tools for incompetence. That lead to monuments to nothing. There's no excuses here. You have a Hall of Fame quarterback. This is the same franchise that had Phillip Rivers, LT, and Antonio Gates. And you're telling me, if I were to tell you that those three didn't have a ring, you wouldn't believe me. Because it's the AFC.
1: I, outside yeah, they, they, they have a rough road. Um, You know, not making excuses for them, but they've had a rough road. I've definitely noticed a decline since they moved – from San Diego to LA, yeah. and then now this talk about them possibly going overseas and being a London team. I I, I know we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, um, but I just yeah I I, I don't know you know part and Philip Rivers has the talent, but I'm I'm wondering if maybe he's just ran out of juice at this point and he's he's at the end of of the rope. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And and it's funny you say that
0: because before we transition, I compared him to another guy who was drafted in the same class he was, the 2004 class, Eli Manning. Eli, why? Because Eli Manning got benched in New York. He got benched for, for Daniel Jones, and verdict is still out. He's doing good so far. But Phillip Rivers, he has more passing yards than Eli Manning by over a 1,000 yards more passing career. But ironically – Eli Manning is 116 and 116. Eli Manning that's average and that's what he was. You know, Philip Rivers is 122 and 97. Here's where the Chris here's where the gap becomes bigger for Philip Rivers for Philip Rivers career. Eli Manning is 8 and 4 in the playoffs. You know what Philip I'll give you know I was going I'll do the trivia at the back end of the episode but Philip Rivers has played in eleven playoff games. How do you think of those that he's won in his career?
1: Uh, two and nine, five and six. So he he's not terrible. You, you, you made it out there. Go again. He was
0: he was five and six in the playoffs. That's his record. He's five and six. And and here's the thing. Uh, at some point. I think you. I'm like you. I think you got to move on. I think we talked about that last week. I think at some point, I think him to Tennessee makes a whole lot of sense because he's he's from, he's that type of dude. He went to NC State. It makes a lot of sense logistically, familiarity. It makes a lot of sense. And I just think that, you know, if you don't think uh, Ryan Tannehill may or may not be the guy, but at the end of the day, I just still think that. Phillip Rivers, it's a contract year. I would not pay him. I think that he's a Hall of Famer, but I think that, you know, they're there to, to excuse the pun, you know, he's at a bridge over troubled water right now. So, and that river is is not flowing. That, that, that river right now is really ebbing and there's no flow. And, and speaking of things that are ebbing and flowing, final. You know, fantasy football starting to wind down. We're getting to the crux. We're getting to the nitty-gritty. And I think people, they love the starting sit And so, my man, give us some starting sit for this coming-up week.
1: So, so this week, heading into week 12, some weeks play a uh, a 16-week division. Some weirdos go all all 17 weeks. And God bless you, because that sucks. (laughs) Um, Right now, you are neither – uh, happily smiling, listening to gangster rap music as you're commuting home from your nine to five, uh, being happy that you've already secured your position in the playoffs. You've come to, or you've come to grips and you understand that you're definitely not making it. So you're just unloading all of your talented players for draft picks and saying, well, there's always next year. And then you have guys like me who are sitting on the edge of their pants waiting for the stars and the moon to align. And a lot of things to fall into order to uh, to make it happen, Cap. And so uh, hopefully these stardom sit-ems, um, they've worked for me. They've worked for others. But it's just unfortunately the fantasy gods have not been on my side in my own goddamn league, mind you, this week. And every other fucking week I've been battling. Uh, but here's some stardom and so, first and foremost, I'm going to start your boy, old Matty Ice, this week. So, Tampa secondary, of course, with VG3 being released, uh, Tampa secondary was bad. Uh, it's even worse at this point. <laughs> um, I don't expect uh, the Falcons to have a good run game. So, if Hill or if, uh, Freeman, because there were some talks about Freeman possibly starting this week or at least getting some limited reps in. I don't see either one of them doing uh, uh, a, a batshit crazy day. Uh, I do see Matty Iso uh, opening up that air raid offense and dumping the ball to Ridley and dumping the ball to Julio Jones and just anyone else that he decides to dissect the uh, the Tampa Bay defense of. Now, round number two. So it's going to sound like that I'm being a little biased between our teams but the second starter who I'm going to say is Mr. Sam Darnold. Really? Really. So Sam Darnold is yeah, so they're they're playing against the uh, Oakland Raiders this week and let's face it the Raiders aren't the absolute best secondary in the uh in the NFL. Um you know Oakland's defense has surrendered the six most passing yards per game on average of 262 yards to opposing quarterbacks. So with with Sam coming off of that high uh, from from Washington and I think we've discussed that where it's you know we're being a quarterback's more of a mental game than than a physical one. He's going to be riding that mental high that he feels competent that his offensive line could almost protect him. And that he can throw touchdowns and he can make these, these big plays. So I, I actually see a big game. I'm going to recommend starting him again. When you're playing the sixth worst passing defense in the NFL, that does help a rookie quarterback. Yeah, it does. But, um, you know, possibly some other ones to, to look at would be uh, Jacoby Brissett and Carson Wentz. They both have favorable matchups. Questionable, uh, borderline favorable. Um now on the sit side, um, first and foremost, uh Dak Prescott, as much as we both just praise that man, he's going into Foxborough uh to play against the 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 Patriots defense. And and they've never been known, honestly, for a great defense for the years that they've been dominant. It's always been Tom Brady and Amendola and Edelman and Gronk and Moss and this guy. In that and no one's really talked about the defense because the patriots have always been one of those teams that they've had an average defense and their offense will just outscore you so they don't have to worry about it uh Dak prescott is a very very risky start um i wouldn't recommend it if you have another quarterback that's possibly playing a better matchup and especially if you're in a bad situation the last thing is a quarterback to take a shit on you this late in the season uh and cost you a game um Aaron Rodgers is another one. I know I'm picking on all the superstars this week. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Um, they're going into San Fran this weekend. Uh, well, they've allowed. I mean, the Niners have allowed the second fewest points to opposing quarterbacks. Um, I don't see him having a fantasy upside Sunday evening against San Francisco. Um, San Francisco is playing an all eight cylinders. They're fast firing. They're doing really good. Um, I don't expect too much out of him. Now, on the opposite side of the ball, I would probably sit Jimmy Garoppolo, too, because Green Bay's defense has been really bringing the boom uh, the past few games. I think that's going to be a very low-scoring game. That's going to be a chess match. What will decide that will be forced turnovers from the defense. Um, Running backs, uh, Bo Scarborough from the Lions has just been fire and a number one option out of uh, Detroit's backfield, especially with um, uh, with Driscoll, you know, as their starting quarterback, Driscoll's a little bit more mobile than Staff- Stafford's a, a traditional pocket quarterback. Um, Driscoll can run that RPO style offense, and he's got wheels on him. He's big, he's tall, and he's fast. Um, he just sucked when he played at Florida. Um, but you know, Starborough can match that speed, match that power, and that I think opens up a, a fourth dimension for that that offense for Detroit. Another one would be Jonathan Williams for the Colts. Um, he should be a, a good lineup. They're playing the uh, the Thursday night game, I believe, uh, according to my notes here. Um, this should be a, a very entertaining game to watch. I think he'll have some big uh, some some big runs. Um, When we talked about it, Uh, running backs to sit are going to be Brian Hill from the Falcons. Um, Again, the defense that they're going to be lining up against, Tampa Bay has a stout running defense, probably one of the best. Actually, they are the best run defense in the NFL right now. So I'd probably uh, give him a seat. And then uh, probably Frank Gore from the Bills. I know he's been kind of up and down, but they've got an unfavorable matchup. I'd probably put him uh, on the bench and throw someone else in. Uh, Whiteouts, D.J. Moore from Carolina. I expect him to, uh, uh, to do better. Uh, Kyle Allen just has to step his game up. I think that, uh, you know, uh, the Saints' pass defense isn't the absolute best, so I think that D.J. Moore will have some open upside to it. He will be a borderline low end uh, WR1, high end WR2. Calvin Ridley, again, we talked about it with uh, you know Sanu gone, Hooper out with the MCL injury. It only leaves Ridley and uh, Julio. So when you cut your uh, your your target capability by fifty percent, that's a good that's a good situation. Uh, And again, because you know Tampa Bay is uh, secondary is absolute trash. Uh, Calvin Ridley, I think, I think will have an even bigger game than he did last week. Uh, um, you know, some wide receivers to sit Josh Brown from the bills. Um, again, I just don't, I don't see, uh, Denver allowing him to push very far. Uh, Tyler Boyd from the Bengals. Honestly, if you have any Bengals receiver for some God for can reason, but I chose him because I've actually seen transaction trends of of people picking him up and streaming him or actually having him for a a WR three or a four slot if if you do a four wide receiver and not a flex. Uh put him. Um they're playing the Steelers, and well, we already know how that's gonna turn out. Uh tight ends, uh Jared Cook, you know, with the Saints, he's gonna have uh he's gonna be a good uh mid-tier te1 floor base um he's got a good matchup going in this week i think that they'll do okay he's got poise he's got kind of like that veteran status he knows what to look for he knows how to break routes and get himself open uh jacob hosteler from uh uh seattle you know his third year guy coming from wyoming um he's had some good success you know he did good against uh You know, San Fran and that roller coaster ride of a game. So I think he should be okay. If you're needing a tight end, I've actually seen him open in uh, in multiple leagues. So maybe check him. Uh, Definitely tight ends to sit. Tampa Bay's OJ Howard. Um, Atlanta is just firing on all cylinders defensively. So I would just go ahead and and park him in the chair. And then Jack Doyle for the Colts. Um, You know, for some reason, uh, Houston. this has had a huge, huge, huge problem or or success guarding tight ends, which could be a problem for uh, for Doyle. So I'd probably uh, give him the bench as well. So that's my stardom and sedums for uh, week twelve here.
0: And you know what? V- very, very sound because I think Jacob Hollister, Jacob Hollister is one of those dudes where I, when when you look at him, I think he had a great touchdown catch in that Monday night game. Uh, you know, it's just a matter of like the tight end position. I think it's—I don't want to use the word scarce—but it's been very hard to get points out of that position unless you have like a even like a Travis Kelsey or a unless you have a really high-end, a high-end tight end. It's—it's it, it's one of the positions of scarcity. So Jacob Hollister really is interesting because the way Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, the way that no disrespect to the receiving core. Outside of they signing just after they signed Josh Gordon, and you know there's really, you know, the receiving core is good, not great. So I, I really like that Jacob Hollister pick, especially. But what I also like, even though I played a certain person whose name shall not be mentioned, we we're not going to mention the name if we I legally can or can't. Ah, we'll get to that later. But but you know, but give me your thoughts on on our league. In, in your opinion
1: it's a shit show man <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 you know uh it's it's like the matrix everything you think is wrong you know like are well, like when you think you actually you're you're on to something in this league you're not you know um i drafted the best team i have the most points I am over 200 points ahead of the closest person to me, and, and I'm in sixth place. So riddle me that, Batman. Um, you know, the, I I was I was happy to to give you an extra L uh, this week, so that kind of warmed my heart a little bit. Um, unfortunately for me to move up, I've got I've got some hurdles. I definitely have to win out the season, and I have to have. A couple guys in front of me drop a game or two um, to push me in the direction that I need to go. I definitely think that in the second division that you and I aren't in, um, that's already been secured by uh, by Trump, that bitch, by Matt. Uh, uh, so shout out to him. He's nine and two. So he's actually got the best record in the league right now. Um, so he's been killing it. Uh, you're in second with at eight and three. And then I'm in sixth place with six and five. That, that, um, that blows my mind. Yeah, well, you know what? I What killed me is last week and the week before, I played two of the lower-end people in, my, in, in our league, and I dropped both games. It, it was one of those things where if it could have gone wrong, people got pulled out of the game early, or they got hurt in the first quarter, and they were done. Uh, it was just one of those things that it, if it could go wrong, it did. So... You know, in our league, uh, to try to I, – I honestly – I don't know. The only person that I can guarantee is going to make the playoffs right now is is Matt because his division – he's two games ahead of the closest person to him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, I mean, so he, he's clinched. Now, our, our division is so top-heavy because you've got me, you, CJ, and Steven – uh, me, so CJ and Steven are tied both at seven and seven and four. I'm one game behind at six and five and then you're at eight and three. So looking at the matchup. So like this week, I'm actually playing Steven and, and I believe that you, uh, actually no, you're playing, uh, yeah, you're playing another person in our league, but you have, uh, you know, you're definitely slotted to put a thumping on them. Uh, And then, of course, C.J. slotted to put a thumping on uh, our guy here, uh, uh, Arkansas, who's who's the uh, he's going to be our Miami Dolphins team. He's going to get first pick next year. Um, I got to have over the next two weeks because weeks uh, 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 actually three weeks, you know, this week and then the the two after. Like I said, I've got to completely win out. There is just no no way for me to make the playoffs. Luckily I'm in a soft part of my schedule. After this week I'm playing two lower people in our in our division. So that'll be essentially two guaranteed divisional wins when other people actually I believe you're playing CJ one week and then you're playing Steve another week and then Steve's playing CJ and blah 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 blah. So the path could a- actually open for me. Uh I I am essentially right now the two thousand and seventeen Le'Veon Bell on the Steelers. The ball just got hiked and and I'm sitting behind the line right now, running a draw uh, draw play, waiting for a hole to open up and choose how I can get in there. Um, that I mean, that's literally how I am right now. Um, it, it, this league has, has been fun because everybody's participating. You, you know, usually you get that one or two guys that just don't even give a shit and just, you know, they, they, they don't bother checking their rosters, but everyone's roster checking. Everyone's, you know, making trades and, you know, things like – that so it's it's exciting you know uh, I hope I can win in my other league I'm sitting in a very comfortable third place so I think I've, I've next week I'll clinch a guaranteed playoff spot as well in that league so I'm doing a little bit better in there uh but yeah my home league is it, it sucks because you always want to win your own shit
0: yeah 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 you you want to like well I'm hosting the damn thing I can at least win it but yeah. It's you know after this week you know I'm playing Steven, and then to wrap up the season I'm playing CJ, so you know I felt last week and if you guys see it on my social media, I put it on both my personal social media Cubby's fan uh, seventy seven I put it on the the podcast uh, the podcast Instagram as well at Sports the World about how last week the way I lost was awful where. <laughs>
1: Cooper Cup fucking screwed
0: you, man. Cooper Cup, listen, I said it last week. I wasn't going to bring it up. If he just, a simple catch. A simple catch. I lost by less than two points. And literally, all I needed was a catch from you. I don't care if you just would have caught a three-yard, I don't care, Sean McVay. Like, listen, and that's why I'm glad your team lost against Pittsburgh. Yeah. You're not supposed to be bitter and salty, but listen, I'm not worried about my sodium intake right now. What I'm worried about is that, listen, I could easily have nine wins, right? I could be nine and two. I can take the loss to you. I can take that because I said, and I said, I think I packed my lunch and left. I'm like, nah, I'm not going to try to make any fancy moves because I can't. I can lose to someone like you because you have that Bill Belichick roster. But, and I'm, no disrespect to nobody in this league, but I had that game. It was a game that I wasn't confident in, and and I all of a sudden I'm looking like, oh, I got a shot, and so I'm watching that game. I'm like, is Cooper Cup going to give me a catch?
1: No, no. And that's why they lost. That's I've I've had a few games like that where all all it took was a guy to give me a, a catch or uh, just just stupid shit like that that I've I've, I've dropped more games that I shouldn't have, uh, than, than me like the, the games that I'm actually like wholly 100% slotted to lose. I, I've only lost one of those. And I, I've had a, a lot of come from behind wins. The, the losses that I've received, I've actually been slated to win by over 50 and 60 points. And I just, I just get my shit pushed in like nobody's business.
0: And but, but but the one thing I will say is that it's very competitive, and and like I said, you know, I was really worried. You know, I, I was, like I said, I was really worried. I'm not gonna lie, I was a grown man, I was worried, and I had a legit fears. But you know, if I can get past this with the win, I feel safer because the next week I got to play Steven and CJ respectively, and I respect those rosters and I respect those teams so much. Yeah, you got you got an
1: uphill battle ahead of you.
0: But so you I got to afford- make
1: some. You are definitely uh, uh, on, uh, I don't want to say on the chopping block, because I think you, you could afford to drop a game. I don't know if you could drop two. Yeah. But you're definitely on the chopping block, and it doesn't help when you got little assholes like me nipping at the buds on the back end, waiting for one of you guys to fall so I could stab you in the back and uh, pull you out.
0: Yeah, and, and especially if I don't get the letdown. If I don't get the if I don't get the Illinois over Wisconsin letdown, I think <laughs> I, I think I think I got a shot. If you don't get,
1: you don't get Big, Tened, well, Big oh, Ten, I, I, I want I want to take that back because actually our entire conference is talent. It's not just one team, so we're really not the Big Ten. So you know because there's you know talent, uh nah, we won't go there. I'm I know I'll upset at somebody.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, if, if you're upset, you can send them to me. But boy, for the social media for the. For the podcast is at Sports the World on both Twitter and Instagram. Go to the Facebook page, Sports in the World, and ampersand for the Word and go to the About template of this episode of every episode. Check out the content. I'll be posting questions and little articles there as well. So check that out. If you have some some suggestions. As well as also if you have a chance, rate the podcast. You know, zero star to five star. Rate it, you know, rate it four or five stars. Give us something to work on. If you give us five stars, our egos are gonna be inflated. So give us four stars and give us something to work on. But speaking of things to work on, let's work on transitioning into college football week 12, where we learned a lot, I felt, about one team, and one team really pissed me off It's the school in Waco. But I'm not going to say which school it is. You guys can figure it out. But, <laughs> but I'll get there when I get there. So give me your thoughts on college football week 12.
1: Uh, you know, there were, there were some good games. There were some games that, um, you expected for people to win and they did. Uh, of course there was the occasional upsets. Um, you know, first and foremost, um, you know, we played Mizzou this week. Uh, um, really didn't come along until the second half. Um, I've noticed it's been a reoccurring trend that we're a second half ball club and, that's good to play hard in the second half, but you got to play hard the first half too. Um, Something's, something's got to, got to get figured out with that because that's just, uh, especially, uh, you know, I don't want to say like a team like Mizzou because Mizzou is a good team. They're a very underrated team. And especially now that they've got the exposure into the SEC, um, you know, they're getting better recruits. They're getting better TV time, so on and so forth. So, um, but all that said, you know, Kyle Trask still had another great game. That's uh, how many games in a row? Six, oh. eight, no, eight games in a row that uh, Kyle Trask has thrown two or more touchdowns. Yep. Did you know uh, the only other Gator to do that?
0: Oh, wow, okay. Well, that he, put, he he slipped the trivia on me. Um, I have two names, I have two names,
1: so, so uh. I'll let you narrow it down to one because he's won a Heisman, two, two national championships, and he's probably the most hated Gator known to mankind. Is it Timothy Tebow? and we have a winner. Uh, yeah, th- those are the kind of numbers that this this young man's putting up as a backup forever. You know, um, I fully expect him to close the season out uh, the following week next. You know, this coming week we're on a bye. Uh, we close the season out uh, at home in the Swamp against Florida State. You will see me there. Maybe I'll try to get some live uh, broadcasting in from uh, from from Swamp level. I'll be sitting right behind the uh, the Gator bench, so I'm sure you'll see me on ESPN. And it's a night game too, so my bright blue jacket will probably pop me out of the crowd. Um, but uh, you know, Mizzou put up good numbers too. Mizzou tried. Uh, uh, they They really tried, but our defense was just just too much for him uh, at the end of the day. Our offense finally woke up. i'm I was happy to see Chris Tony finally starting to uh, to kind of be twilled into the offense. I still think that he, he needs to be used more. I don't know maybe if he's still possibly nursing an injury or if there's something there to it. Um, but you know, uh, you know, Trask connected with you know Josh Hammond for that 34-yard touchdown pass, and then the Michael on that 15-yard back shoulder in the dark corner of the end zone. that was just probably one of the best catches I have seen in college football this season. I was very impressed by that. Uh, all in all, we played well. You know, our run game is still something that's very questionable. Uh, you know, Van Jefferson did outright amazing. Uh, he had six receptions 82 yards. Um, you know, then Hammond with uh, two receptions for 45 and a touchdown. The Michael P. Ryan, four for 24 with a touchdown. Um, there's definitely some building blocks. There's always room for improvement. You know, we're going in at nine and two. Uh, you know, this could potentially be the first time in a long time we've had back-to-back 10-plus win seasons uh, when we beat Florida State, you know, which I – can honestly expect that happening with the the stress that their program's in right now. Uh, But some other notable ones, of course, you know, Alabama, we're going to talk about, um, you know, shout out to uh, to Tua. Uh, You know, hopefully he gets better, you know, uh, a busted up hip ain't nothing to joke with, especially at his young age. Uh, So hopefully he has a speedy recovery and uh, he'll be able to, you know, push his way in the professional ball or if he decides to stay and do college for another year, uh, whatever choice he decides. Um, but you know, uh, Alabama was just as dominant as we expected that, that they would be You know, 507 total yards of offense versus 262. Uh, I think they should have pulled two out sooner, but you know, hindsight's 2020, um, but, you know, so now the question is in the playoffs, uh, you know, is Alabama essentially out of the picture now because uh, they're not going to play for the title game? Um, you know, they've got the uh, last game of the season you know, the Iron Bowl versus Auburn. Uh, you know, that could be a very questionable game with Tua pulled out of the picture. What happens there? Um, I, I think this might be the first playoff bracket that we don't see Alabama in it.
0: And you know, yeah, yeah. I, I think that I think that's very feasible. I I I really do, because you know, like I think Nick Saban said, to the effect that that was going to be his last series. He was going to pull him out because I don't know if you saw the uh, they had like the side by side. They had Mac Jones, the backup, you know, on the sideline, and he's going to essentially. I thought he was going to come in on that play, but Nick said after the game that. That was going to be Tua's last series, and then, and then uh, it's very unfortunate to see a good kid like that happen. It's very, it's very unfortunate to see any injury, but especially somebody like Tua. It was very unfortunate.
1: Yeah, that was that was rough. So again, hope he has a speedy recovery on that, and see what happens with the rest of Bama's season. Um, I know you wanted to talk about some of the Texas games, so I'll leave that to you. Jesus. Uh, Florida State beat up on Alabama State, uh, which is expected. I'm happy to see Florida State kind of going in a forward motion uh, post the Willie Taggart error. Not era, but error. Um, Penn State, uh, I don't want to say barely squeaked by uh, Indiana, but we'll call it as we see it, barely squeaked by yeah. Indiana. Yeah,
0: I'll say it. I'll say it. They squeaked by
1: I'll say it. You know, and again, that's just my distaste for the Big Ten. Um, you know, Notre Dame, you know, put a thumping on the Navy, um, but you know, somehow Notre Dame's such a great team because they can beat a service academy. I heard all about that. How that was a very diversified win, but all right. Um, let's see here. What else? Uh, the Georgia and Auburn game. That was a fucking roller coaster ride. Um, you know. They went in the locker room halftime, 14-0 Georgia lead. Georgia comes out in the third, puts another seven up, just 21-0. All of a sudden, Bo Nix just wakes up out of nowhere and throws two touchdowns. And I think it was, what, like four minutes or less or something like that? Mm-hmm. Um, if he didn't uh, make those last-minute mistakes, and I, I don't know if it was so much him and if it, or if it was coaching, um, but he, he played well, you know? Uh, that was a very good win for Georgia, um, and 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 a, I don't want to say a good loss because there's no loss that's good. But Knicks really showed that uh, Auburn has a future quarterback within Bo Nicks, and that they've got a platform that they're going to be able to build off of here in the future. Um, you know, they kind of struggled offensively, and, and they had some stall you know some stall drives, but. Um, it happens you know better luck next time i guess um you know georgia i think that definitely secured that four slot seed um and then they'll be awaiting the uh the lsu Tigers for the sec championship game that's going to be a very very interesting game to watch i fully expect lsu to, to walk out of that the winner i don't think georgia will go down without a fight and of course that'll screw up uh, the entire bracketing for the playoffs because, you know, that could allow another team in, um, you know, of course, Ohio state beat a, yet another minor league team of Rutgers. I know they're very, very tough schedule. Um, I know that was a very diverse game to have to play Rutgers. I, you know, I'm such a, such a tough win. Um, that's all I'll say about that. Uh, Wake Forest and Clemson. So this is Clemson's real first Tough game. I think they've played all season against Wake Forest, and they put it to them fifty-two to three. Um, you know, all sunshine there down in Clemson. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, he, uh, he 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 put the work man. Four touchdowns, two hundred seventy-two yards. Um, you know, I think that's what pushed them back into the playoff talk, and then also with some teams winning and losing. Um, but that definitely was a. I, I would say that was a quality win. Wake Forest has, has been the better of the ACC teams uh, as of late. And then, of course, just to further my my validity of the Big Ten, uh, Minnesota beats Penn State, Iowa beats Minnesota, question mark, how good is the Big Ten? So I'll just leave it at that. Um, again, yeah, I'm hating on the Big Ten, and another other news, water is still wet. But it just further, further proves my point uh, that – you know, are they really that good, or does Kirk Herbstreit just love his alma mater uh, home conference and just feels the need to push them in? Uh, uh, other than that, you know, uh, there really wasn't too many great games. Um, you know, LSU of course beat Old Miss as expected. Uh, the squeak out in Oklahoma and Baylor uh, that <sighs> Oklahoma earned that one. I'll, I'll let you cover that. Uh, other than that, you know, Oregon beat Arizona. And uh, yeah, that's really all I had, you know, for uh, for college ball this week. Because I know you wanted to cover a few things. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Senator. Now, uh, I don't know where to begin. Well, first of all, Clemson gave me the win that I was looking for. Because remember, I said last week, two weeks ago, I needed a blowout win from Clemson. And they gave it to me against arguably the best team they played so far. You know, no disrespect to Texas A&M, but, you know, you could argue that I needed a decisive win. And Clemson came through for me there. You know, listen, Clemson, 11-0 for the, for the third time in five years. And old Dabo is 11-0 versus Wake Forest since he took the job. 11-0. And by the way, folks, they've played him 11 times. So... Let's, let, let's keep putting that perspective. Georgia Auburn, you cover that very nicely. Minnesota and Iowa, listen, Iowa had six sacks. A.J. Spencer, you might see that dude on Sundays, two and a half sacks. The linebacker, Joe Evans, one and a half sacks. Listen, the wheels fell apart for Minnesota. And this is what I say. Minnesota has the, listen, in the, in the Big Ten, they're second in total. They were second in total defense. And they were second in opposing first down via the rush. So they could so they they stopped Minnesota's run game that was so popular. They made Tanner Morgan throw the ball, which he did 368 yards. So but the problem is Minnesota, and this is trivia time. So Chris, when was the last time you think that Minnesota went into
1: Iowa and won? Last time that Minnesota went into Iowa and won? Yeah uh mid2000s maybe
0: 1999,
1: 1999. Yeah, I was actually gonna ask you to uh give me like a five years yeah <laughs> yeah't
0: don't, don't worry don't worry <laughs> I, I, I gave you that five year buffer I gave you that five year buffer
1: Excellent.
0: so that was the last time they went into Minnesota to me. I don't think we've learned anything new, anything less, like you say, by 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 math. You know, when well, Minnesota beats Penn State, then they lose to Iowa next week. Penn State barely squeaked by an Indiana team. And by the way, we'll get to that matchup shortly about who they play this coming up week. But I want to go to Waco, Texas, folks. Now, last week, I was the guy. I went all in. I don't know if you guys like poker. I pushed my chips in. I anteed up. I went all in on Baylor beating Oklahoma. And you know what? I looked very smart for three quarters. I looked very smart for three quarters. And then all of a sudden, it became like Rome crashing down. It was the Hindenburg, the Titanic, all in a modulation of all of that in one half. And Jalen Hurts proved that, by the way, Alabama could use the Jalen Hurts right about now. But... Jalen hurts listen yeah 30 or 42 297 four touchdowns intercepts he had 27 carry he had 114 yards rushing and here in Oklahoma this is what Oklahoma did in the first half they only had three points listen they had three turnovers 10 points and 12 first downs. that was Oklahoma. that was Oklahoma in the first half. you want to know what Baylor was in the in the first half? Baylor, 31 points, 238 yards. They had 238 yards. They had 36 plays. They had 14 first downs, no turnovers. So, I don't know, Chris, if you know, I know you love to read. I don't know if you read A Tale of Two Cities by Charles Dickens. But this was a tale of two halves. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what happened. Mind you, it was Saturday night. I flipped in the game, I, I was watching I was watching something that I figured, okay, Baylor can I look good. I can come on the podcast this week and just be be to use wrestling. I could be glorious. I, can, I It's my moment. Didn't happen. O Oklahoma did in the second half should be a crime. and Baylor's defense should be arrested for calling themselves a defense. in the second half. Oklahoma, 58 plays, 22 first downs, 368 total yards, and, and get by the way, 24 points. You know what Baylor did? Baylor's all that offense should be arrested for calling themselves an offense. Arrest the whole team. In the second half, Baylor didn't score anything. They had the ball for less than 19 minutes, four first downs, three turnovers, 69 total yards.
1: And that that speaks for itself. I mean, <laughs> it, it's if you can't, it, it's the it's like the bizarro of of what Florida has been doing. Is they decided to show up in the second half? Uh, you know, it's even worse if you play hard the first half and then you just shit the bed the second half. You're dooming yourself,
0: um, <laughs> exactly. Especially
1: when you're up thirty-one to ten at at the half. To allow someone to come back and put those kind of numbers on you, yeah. it's like, dude, like, what do you, what, what are you, what, are you doing?
0: Exactly. And then for the record, you know how I should have known Oakland was going to win because you know what the score was in that game at some point, Chris. You know what it was at one point, and I should have. It was twenty-eight well, to three. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't like. Listen, I don't like yeah, that score. Yeah. I mean, I, that that. I, don't, I I don't like that score. If you know I'm a Falcons fan, we don't like that score. Quite frankly, they can abolish that score for all I care. And I should. And then somebody on the Baylor staff used to coach on the Falcons. I'm like, dude, you should have been to the locker room. You're the black cat. Get him out of here. Like, speaks for itself. I'm like Trump on that microphone. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. Get him out of. I'm like, get him. I'm like, hi. I should have. I should have called in. Like, no. Oh, he works on the staff. 28 to three. Get him out of here. And then, by the way. Texas, and I'm going to be real quick before we transition on, because we got a couple more things Funny. to cover. Texas lost to Iowa State, I believe. Yeah. And, and by <laughs> the way, Baylor, this, this is for, for Texas. They have four losses in every single year of this decade.
1: That hurts. <laughs>
0: they, have, they're, they have four losses, and I don't want to hear Baylor is back. I don't want to hear it's Charlie Strong's fault. No, you pushed out Charlie. Charlie was the problem, right? Oh, Charlie was the problem. If you would have gave Charlie a quarterback, I could argue Texas could have beat Oklahoma. It wouldn't be a problem, but the guy knew defense. And it's no disrespect to Charlie. You give him, you give anybody a decent quarterback,
1: they'll and win. It's
0: That's crazy. It's and so it. So I argue, but no, you wanted Tom Herman, this great offensive guy. And and by the way, the backup you had, Shane Buschel, who transferred to SMU, has more wins than you, Texas. And they're SMU. They're not SM who, they're SMU. So, so speaking of giving teams recognition and giving teams some respect, let's transition to college football, the week 13. To me, there's only three matchups to watch. I attempted with four, but I knew we had things to talk about. But give me some of your key games in this coming up weekend in college football.
1: So definitely the game of the week this week is going to be... Uh, Ohio State and Penn State, Um, you know, Ohio State slotted the win. Um, Penn State did suffer the first loss to uh, to Minnesota a couple weeks ago. Um, This, you know, this is where I will say, and and I've said it before, that if Ohio State can beat Penn State and beat uh, Michigan and then win the Big Ten, I'll take them seriously. That will make up for the rest of their absolutely dismal schedule. Um, I don't think they should get style points or, or extra credit points for beating Rutgers severely or FAU or you know we've already had this conversation a hundred times, and um, I can have it a hundred times more, and I'm still gonna have the same feelings about it. But uh, I will. I will start respect if, if Ohio State can beat Penn State, this is the toughest team that they're gonna play all season. This is actual talent. This isn't a scrubby division two program or a Division one program that the only reason they are Division one is because they're a huge school um I will start respecting them if they walk out and they beat Penn State, I won't pick on them as bad. I still don't like Ohio State, but that you know it is what it is um this that that will be a good game to watch i'm i'm predicting the upset uh penn state to to walk out of there with a win cuz i think ohio is just going to be so used to just being able to do what they want and then all of a sudden it, it it's like a, a like a child you're used to uh you know if your parents aren't home you can run around you can do what you want all of a sudden your parents come home and there's rules and there's you know chores and things to do And I think that's what Penn State's going to be, is that they're going to kind of wake Ohio State up and say, hey, we're not FAU or Rutgers or Nebraska or Northwestern or Indiana or blah, 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 blah. We actually have talent, so have fun. Good luck. Um, The other game, uh, you know, there's uh, Texas A&M going to Georgia. A&M, again, is not a slouch team. That could potentially be damaging to Georgia if they they, they slip up. Uh, LSU's going to Arkansas. I fully expect them just to sh- completely shitwreck wreck them. Um, you know, and then Texas and Baylor, uh, Oregon and Arizona State. Uh, the up- upset of the week is, I think, going to be Tennessee and Missouri. I think Tennessee might squeak a game on them.
0: Oh, good lord.
1: So ah, boy. L- listen, listen. Uh Missouri is a six point favorite right now. But do you know how many points Mizzou has scored or how or how much they've scored you know, for each game the past three games?
0: Uh, uh, if I get that buffer, uh I will say I'll say twenty one points.
1: They've scored seven points or less in the past three games that, that they've played, Jesus. Mizzou has.
0: Jesus.
1: So at most, they've put 21 points on the board. <laughs> so let, let, let that marinate a little bit. Uh, I think Tennessee might actually squeak an upset on them. Um, again, the biggest game I'm going to watch is going to be the uh, Penn State-Ohio State game and then the A&M and uh, Georgia game. So what about you?
0: Well, well, for the record, if, if Tennessee wins, I'll say one nice thing next week about Tennessee. I'll say, I'll, I'll acknowledge the fact that it's a state. So, other than that, uh, but, you know, I think Penn State, Ohio State, you know, to me, I, I would go the upset, but I'm going to trust Penn State. They're 18 and a half favorites. And quite frankly, you are what your last game is. And if I'm going by that criterion, Penn State essentially got by a basketball school. Let's just be honest. And, you know, and James Franklin is one in four versus Ohio State. And historically, you know, listen, him on the road playing ranked teams, especially, you know, top 10, top 15 schools on the road. Listen, he lost. He went on the road. He lost to Minnesota. Listen, every coach has that Achilles heel. And I think with James Franklin, it's very akin to Jim Harbaugh where you winning big games, it's one thing to, to slaughter Maryland. It's one thing to, to blow past Rutgers. But can you beat the top of your division? That, can you beat the top of your conference? That was my biggest thing about Clemson. If Clemson, what I asked them to do last week, blow the doors off away of Wake Forest. That's what they did. Now I have no problem with Clemson in the top four because they, they needed that win for my eyes. But I expect Ohio State to win, I'm not going to say by 18. I think, I think I said this before on, on an episode where some of these spreads this year for college has been way too big, especially for, for Power Five. I'm like, it's way too big. You know, I expect them to win by two touchdowns. I trust, you know, and to me, the matchup there is Dobbins versus that Penn State defense. Dobbins is ninth in the country in all purpose yards. And listen, Penn State's defense is not a slouch. They're seventh in the nation in scoring defense. They're only giving up about, mm, give about 14 points a game. So I expect that one to be very, very close. And Herb Street probably wearing his Ohio State underwear that game. So <laughs> so, I love you, Herbie, if you listen. And Texas A&M and, and Georgia really fascinates me. Because if anything, Chris, I would put Georgia on upset alert. I, I, I really would. Because Texas A&M, like you said, they're not a slouch. Texas A&M, they've won four straight games in the last five or six. And but the problem is like this is the first time they played against Georgia since the realignment of the conference. And the last time that they've won against Georgia in the history of college football was 1954. That was Mm. that was when milk you can get from a cow when it was legal. So but what I really like about the Texas m I really like Kelly Mond. I like I like Jimbo Fisher. And the thing is, but they've had five games this year, and this troubles me. They've allowed a quarterback 60% completion or higher. They're 2-3. and three. Jake Fromm is just a very accurate dude. We could argue about how many – we could argue those semantics. But the reality is that Jake Fromm is a very accurate quarterback. But and to me, the key matchup here is third down conversions Georgia. They convert about 48 – 44% of them to XANM right up there at 40, right there at 43%. So whoever can get more, convert on third downs. Because that's what Georgia's been winning the last couple of weeks, in my opinion. That Florida game came down to converting on third downs.
1: Yep. And Georgia,
0: and Georgia did. And against Auburn, really much the same thing. If you can stop these dudes on third downs, especially these last month of the season, you know somehow or another, stop Jake Fromm from getting it to Lawrence. If you can make those plays, it's very helpful. And and one last game because I want to give love to the Pac-12. You know, is 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 Oregon at Arizona State? I it, to me, you know, Oregon. Listen, Oregon's favored by fourteen and a half. Listen, Oregon's won eleven of the last twelve meetings. You know, but Justin Herbert and, and I know I promised to do the quarterback rankings, but with Tua getting hurt, I'm going to reconfigure some things. So next week, I promise you'll give you my my college quarterback rankings. You know, next week, that's a, that's a promise. But Justin Herbert, you know, Justin Herbert's had a better year than he had last year. He has 28 touchdowns this year, he had 29 all of last year. He became more of a pocket guy. You see it in the numbers. I give Mario Cristobal a guy who can actually coach. I gave him flack. He's in that Ed Oldron class. I gave him a lot of flack. They're doing well. You know, for Arizona State, Jaden, you know, Jaden Daniels, listen, the, he's the team's second leading rusher. As a passer, you know, fourteen touchdowns, two interceptions. You know, I'm, I don't sleep on old Herm out there in Tempe. I, I don't sleep on them. There's, you know, Herm is still figuring some things out. So I'm, I, I would say, Oregon show up. And, and at least until my key matchup there is the front seven of, of Oregon who's been playing. Listen, thirty-two sacks. They're tied for fifteenth in the country. And that O line, Chris, that O line at Arizona, you, me our buddy Derek, and you can get two other dudes, we're a better offensive line than Arizona State's offensive line.
1: Yeah, they've been having some serious, serious issues uh, on on that front. Because,
0: uh, I mean, they've allowed 25 sacks. That's tied for 96th in the country. And and you're playing a team that, that gets 32 sacks. So, essentially, they average about three sacks a game. So... Oh. So I'm booking, I'm booking Oregon for at least three sacks. You know, I, I'm not a Vegas guy, I'm not a gambling guy. But if you are, three sacks is not the worst idea in the world. Yeah,
1: yeah I can see them getting that easily.
0: And, and speaking of gambling and, and, and taking chances, uh, let's, I, I want to talk about Colin Kaepernick. I do, I do, <laughs> do want to talk about Kaepernick. I know you, you have some thoughts. So I'm going to sit here and drink my water. And, and, Chris, I know I'll give your thoughts, and the floor is yours, my man.
1: So, viewer discretion is advised. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you you it you, you so to this. First and foremost, before anybody makes any accusations of racism or anything like that, Think long and hard about before you accuse people of that. That is the first argument that any time I've ever had a discussion about Colin Kaepernick, because I'm automatically accused of, of essentially being everything but a fucking Ku Klux Klan member and a Nazi. Um, now, first and foremost, so what Colin Kaepernick did, Colin Kaepernick exercised his First Amendment rights to freedom of speech, and, um, when he started, uh, you know, this whole, this whole kneeling movement. So, um, I have absolutely no problem with what he did. He felt that there was an injustice in the world uh, towards specific individuals involving interactions with law enforcement agencies. Now, I don't believe that anyone's voice should ever be silenced and if you feel strongly about something you should have the right to speak on it. Now again I got no qualms of why he did it and I also know and then before you say oh you know why don't you, you just think he hates his troops. I know he doesn't hate the the US military because it was and for the people that don't know this I mean you know maybe I can even educate somebody on this. It was actually a special forces uh, I think it was an officer in the army uh, Green Beret at that reached out to Colin Kaepernick and spoke about this. So a a, a, a U.S. military, uh, person told cap that, Hey, you know what? It, it, there's no sign of disrespect, uh, to, to take a kneel. Now I've seen military funerals. I've, i have I've attended one or two where, you know, they're kneeling to hand the flag to, uh, the widow or you guys you're kneeling to, uh, to somebody's tombstone or if you're at church you take a knee and you pray um or playing ball back in the day usually if someone on your team got hurt or on the opposing team you take a knee so i got no problem with how colin kaepernick went about it or excuse me how why he went about it my problem is how he went about it now, in any professional organization, whether you are a shelf stocker at Walmart, a cashier at Publix, a server at Chili's or the CEO of a Fortune 500 company or some some asshole like me who is in, in senior management in, in a, in a multi-billion-dollar company, there is a written code of conduct and there's also an unwritten code of conduct. Um, you don't necessarily have the freedom of speech within your employer. Um, if you are employed by, let's say, the United States government, you can't walk around saying, fuck America, all hail Russia. If you're serving at Chili's, you can't walk around saying, fuck Chili's, uh, Applebee's is better. Or if you're, um, uh, let's say, like a sous chef at, at, a, at a, a restaurant, you can't write, like, fuck Trump and chocolate uh, on top of a cheesecake. You know, like, there's certain things you can't do better because you're there representing the company. Now, what you do on your personal time, now, many of of the listeners know uh, know, I'm a very political person. I don't bring my politics into my workplace. Um, I only have one coworker of mine who's a very, very dear, close friend to me that can actually identify who I vote for politically and what I stand for politically. I keep those views to myself because I work in a very mixed dynamic dynamic company where I have a corporate office in LA, I have a corporate office in New York, I have an office in Atlanta you know, and I have people from all walks of life uh, rich, poor, middle class, uh, you know, whatever that I work with that, you know, I don't want to get in trouble, so if I'm with a client, let's say like I, you know, I live up north now I'm working with a client in let's say um, Queens queens typically queens votes very democratic i am very not democratic um and customers talk about how much that they hate trump or, or uh even previously when obama was in office and i was working down south and i could be in stores in like north carolina and they're like you know fuck obama or fuck this i, I, I like i just i steer out of the conversation because i'm in my workplace my workplace is not time for my personal uh shit now if i'm off the clock and now people can say well athletes aren't off the clock well you're right they're not because they always got a camera up their ass with paparazzi. but if you feel strongly about a situation you can speak on it outside of your workplace colin kaepernick has more money than probably you and i combined will ever make in our lifetime he could easily rent out candle candlelight stadium you know when he was playing for uh uh, for San Francisco at the time, uh, he could rent that out. He could rent the fucking Staples Center in downtown LA out if he wanted to for a night to speak on what he thought was a social injustice yeah. and and how we could go about uh, addressing these these racial inequalities. Now, what upsets me is that in today's world, if you don't agree with somebody, you know, for example, if I don't agree with the way Colin Kaepernick says it or does things i'm automatically racist because i'm white now ladarius you're black i willingly get on the show with you you've known me since we were in high school uh i don't recall ever making racist remarks or burning crosses in people's front yards um you know i've got black friends uh know, i've got a very close black friend that actually uh, I used his small business over any but any other option to move me from Florida to my new residence up north, without batting an eye. And I paid full price. I didn't ask for a discount. I didn't ask for the 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 homie hookup. You know, uh, I've got fellow black employees and coworkers, and and so on and so forth. So that's what upsets me. Or on the other side of the coin is gentlemen like you, Ladarius, that. If you don't conform and agree to these social aspects, you're labeled as a, like an Uncle Tom or other kind of slanderous remarks because you don't conform to the, uh, uh, the way that you're supposed to think, not having the individuality of thinking. And I, I don't know if, if you want to talk on that for a second or if you want to jump in or add anything on to that.
0: Um, you, you know, you, you, you bring a very good point. In fact, it reminds me of it reminds me of high school. And it was it was I think it was I was it was freshman year two thousand two, and uh, you know shout out to shout out to fellow pirates out there, um. And so I walk into biology, and I was in the back, you know, it was, it was me a group of people, and I don't specifically remember what I said or what I did. All I remember was that someone in that group called me an Uncle Tom. And, and and mind you, I was fourteen, you know, and I'm like, well, and and it affected me the rest of that day. I'm not going to sit there and lie. I remember the day vividly, and and what saved me, I went home, I told my mom what happened, and to this day, my mom, I remember those words, and she said, "Is that your name?" And I looked at her like, "No, my name is Cladarius." You don't have the answer to it. And, and, and Chris, I've taken that approach since the age of 14. It's where, where I remember I did it, and I'll, just, I'll let you I'll give you the floor in just a minute. Um, I remember I put up something about I believe it was one, I believe it's one of the shootings that happened, unfortunately. And, and, a, and I made a point that kind of went against the grain. I'll just leave it in that perspective. And, and I was labeled Fox News. You know, I you know, as a person of color, I, I've dealt with things, but but what I've also learned is that I don't knock people like you. If you say something against a person of color, I don't take it as a racist remark because a when you know the person, you know the quality of the person, you overlook it because you're like he's just being. That's who Chris is, and this is and I know you don't need nobody defending you, but I'm I'm here to say that look, people like Chris, listen. He may, we may have disagreements, but even on this show, we've had disagreements, but never once have I sit there and took it as, oh, well, he with me because I'm black. I never took it that way. I took it as there's two people who, who came in prepared, balls to the wall. He has his opinion on sport. I have mine. That's what makes it work. And, and it's no different with, with Colin Kaepernick, where I understand like you, I understand the plight. Like Stephen A. Smith said, Stephen A. Smith said something. He's like, I'm black, damn it. So Stephen, so Stephen A. Smith is saying the same thing I'm saying. And Stephen A. Smith went off the rails on Colin Kaepernick. And the point is that just because you're, I'll put it this way, and I'll, I'll yield the floor back to you. Just because of a, of a person of color the same as you says it does not mean you have to align with it, to fall in line, because history has shown where that leads to. And I'm gonna leave it there. And and I'll say this transitioning back to you, is is that with Colin Kaepernick, the biggest problem I had is that you had 25 people show up, you had 25 employers essentially show up, and you changed the venue three, I think two three hours before the fact. And let's face it, that turned a lot of teams off because what I heard him say after that, he didn't say nothing about football. Bill Cower on CBS, you know, on NFL on CBS said it. He didn't say nothing about football. He had two seasons, Chris, to have his own workout. Like you said, he has more money. He could have held his own private workout. I tell people, he's not. listen, I don't knock his agenda. I don't knock his cause. But what I do knock is that the NFL, the employer that that shouldn't, quite frankly, had no obligation to give you that second chance. And they gave you that second chance. And now, all of a sudden, now you're sending out your tape to these teams because let's face the reality. You miss football because your agenda. Don't use your don't use your employer to, for your benefit. You're there to work for them. What you do after nine to five is what you do. You don't go on your job and create your political ideology. Even if your office liberal, conservative, whatever it is, you go to your job to work. You go to your job to do your job. And if politics is an issue, listen, that's not your job to discuss politics. I've always said this. I don't know if, Chris, you can attest to this, but I've worked with people that I didn't like. (laughs) Okay? Look, whether it was in college, whether it was in the workplace, even, you know, now as a tutor. Listen, I I dealt with a couple of parents. That's the biggest fans. I'm not going to call those parents. But you know what? My job is not about likability. It's about getting the job done. It's about if they can help me and I can help them, I don't care what the politics are. Now, if this is off the clock and we're in a park somewhere or we're at a cafe, that's we're off our own respective times and we can go at it. Well, my problem with Colin Kaepernick is simply this. I understand his cause. It's a very noteworthy cause. As a person of color, I understand his cause. But also, in that same note, to take out my and situation. I'm a human being. And I'm looking at this like there's not, there's not many jobs in the world that fire you and give you a second chance to get your job back. And, and essentially, he took that opportunity to make it about Colin Kaepernick. He said, I've been waiting three years, three years. Well, what were you doing in those two years? You weren't trying to play football. You weren't trying to play football. And your cause is ad- it's very, very admi- It's very admirable. Don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, you're there to do a job, and don't use color, don't use, don't use that guise of race to come at me just like people came at Stephen A. Smith. I understand. But at the end of the day, I also understand that I can't go to a job, I can't go and walk into a company, and express and put a big flag. I can't put a big Florida Gators flag in the middle of, of, of the lobby. Because you know why? There may be, God forbid, Seminole fans there. So my point is that that's just sports, but the point is that I can't express my views because it may offend somebody. And then it's a trickle-down effect. So uh, I'll yield it back to you. But, but once again, being called Uncle Tom, it's something that if people knew how to use it. If being an uncle Tom I'll put it this way if being an uncle Tom means having an opinion that's 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 of your own volition then you can call me Uncle Tom all day long and I'll yield yeah. it back to you
1: yeah I couldn't have put it better man um, that 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 kind of sums up a, a lot of the things that I wanted to say um you know like what you said with Kaepernick um, about the thing with the change in the venue so number one um I'm I am going to discuss a situation uh, of an employee and an employer and the employees actions and if you were the manager managing partner owner or anything like that would you keep this employee so if you, you hired an employee to perform a contractually obligated duty and by doing said duty his performance started to dwindle at a significant level to the point where you possibly might have to pull him off of a project uh, and and step him aside to allow someone else to take over for that said project, would you consider terminating that employee for f- failure to produce what he was contractually obligated to and what the terms of the agreement were? Yeah. Now, so if that said employee, um, he's not performing his job duties, so you uh-huh. push him aside. Now, after you, you tell him that, hey, you're not performing to the standards that this company has expectations for, he then uh, follows in with actions that would cause financial loss to your company. Would you terminate him? So he's underperforming in his job, and now he's causing financial loss to your company. Would you consider terminating him
0: at that point? Weighing out, weighing it out. I, I, I have to. Unfortunately, I'm the type of dude who stands by my guns. If I feel he's not, if I feel the person is not performing at their job, you know, the financial loss, yes. If the, if the financial loss, I'll put it this way. If I felt the financial loss was, if the pecuniary aspect of it was more short term, then, then yeah, he'd be. If it's long term, I consider it, but at the end of the day, there's a certain line where if you're a leader, I have, you know, not making an example, but this is what happens when you don't perform. So probably but I would stick them up. Go ahead. Bottom,
1: bottom line if, if you're costing a company money and you're not producing, you're going to get fired. Exactly. Now, after you have an underemploying an underperforming employee who is now causing financial loss to your company, you fire him and he turns around and sues you. Would you hire him back? Oh no. That in the business world. So from from my realm, that's what's called a personnel risk. That is a, a a person that is a deemable and fashionable risk that can cause undue damage to your company. Now, all that being said, so I know that's a lot of fucking shit I just threw on the wall right there. I don't know any organization or any uh, uh, employment level from, again, the shelf soccer to the CEO that if you underperform at your job, you get fired because you cause your company to lose money, and then you turn around to them and expect them to give you a job back. What fucking drugs are you on, dude? And just like you said, he had two years. The man has more money than fucking sense. He could have been doing workouts. He could. I, I'm not familiar with the rules or whatever. If you have to be invited to the combine or if that's only like a one-time thing, um, he could have. He could have hosted. What he could have done is he could have rented out a a what he did a high school stay or a school or, or wherever he went after he changed the event the uh, the venue he could do that in anywhere in the country and pay top dollar for that pr- uh, practice facility and he could he could have been doing this every week he could go and do a fucking Colin Kaepernick tour around the country he could come down if he. Wanted to be seen by teams in Florida. He could go to Palm Bay High School and have invite Tampa, Miami, and Jacksonville there. Fuck it, let's bring in uh, Carolina, Atlanta, and and uh, and uh, New Orleans because they're they're not too far down the road. He could hold a practice there at at a a high level high school that has a good field and so on and so forth. Now, for him to change the venue kind of shows the man he he wanted to be in control. This wasn't about playing football. This is about keeping his name relevant in pop culture and on Twitter and to keep his jersey sales up and his name in the market. This wasn't about playing goddamn football. If he wanted to play it, he could have done this for two years. And just like you said, at post-practice interview, he didn't talk about uh, uh, you know, football. Oh, why are you running from me? No, they're not running from you, Mr. Kaepernick. They are, are not wanting to deal with your drama. You are a risk. You have sued a previous employee. Lawyer because they terminated you from your substandard performance and and cause of financial loss. Now everyone could say, well, he didn't cause uh, uh, anybody to lose money. People attendance dropped when he started this this kneeling thing. Attendance dropped nationwide around. Direct TV NFL Sunday tickets were being refunded. Uh, merchandise was being that is financial loss. At the end of the day, the NFL is a business and every fucking team is ran as an independent business. Now. I Come from the business side of things now. I haven't been doing this for 25 years But I I've been doing it for a little bit closer to 10 and I have some experience with me and I've ran into a situation where I had an underperforming employee and I think we honestly might have even talked about this before I had an underperforming employee that I gave every outlet of of opportunity to to improve. I, I asked, what can I do? What can I do as your boss to make your job better? Do you need more reports? Do you need more tools? Do you need X? Do you need Y? Do you need Z? You tell me what you need and I will fucking get it for you. I threw the line out. Now, month after month after month. Now of course the industry I work in is is a, a sales quasi-based industry. So numbers matter. And that's in a lot of a lot of companies. Numbers matter. It, you, how much profit are you bringing to the company? Um, he his his profit yield was low. He was spending more money than he was making. And I I wrote him up numerous times, more times than I actually was allotted to is normally how my company operates. is It's a three strike process and strike three your ass is going back to the bench like you just saw Mariano Rivera Cutter. Um, but I I kept trying to just go with this dude and I gave him every opportunity and that it was the final straw that broke the camel's back. He lied to me about something. I gave him a moment of truth because I knew he was lying and I had the evidence to back that he was lying uh, so I terminated him. Now he threw this big giant fit and he was a person of uh, of a Jewish descent and, and automatically accused me of being anti-Semitic. My boss is Jewish, my country CFO is Jewish, my COO is Jewish, um, my office manager is Jewish, my production manager is Jewish. Yeah, If you see, there's like a long fucking list I can go on. Uh, you know, my company's based out in New York, so all pun intended, you can kind of fill it in where most of it lies. Um, but that was his first accusations at a point where he took it to a lawyer. We got served. Uh, I had to do a few depositions. Uh, I had to have my computer actually taken by our IT department on-site to have all of my emails emptied out and every form of communication my cell phone uh, if I had any notes on it because he tried suing us for, for this instead of just taking the L shaking hands with me and 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 saying that hey um, you know this is it you know thanks for having me or whatever or even just give me a simple fuck off um, he tried suing me Luckily, he made the threat that he was going to do it and didn't realize that the room that he was in, just like every room in our facility, except for, you know, main offices and and restrooms, all public areas of our main corporate facility are under video and audio surveillance. So I had his ass dead to rights of what he said, but we had to go through the legal proceedings and so on and so forth. Circling back, I, I would never hire that man again. I wouldn't even fucking think after someone tried suing me to bring them back because they were a liability, so for Colin Kaepernick to even have teams show up, whoever he prays to, whatever he prays to, he should be be thankful for that. Um, and his little stunt to move the venue last minute, because from what I heard, and I can't one hundred percent pin this, so if I am wrong, you know, call me out on it, uh, is that. The reason why he didn't want to go to the NFL-sanctioned venue is because in the contract, it stated that if a team did not sign him, or no teams showed up, or no teams were interested, he could not sue the NFL for a second time. His little, him and his little lawyers didn't like that, so they changed the venue and said, "Well, we'll just go do our own thing." And I, what was it, eight teams? Was it teams that showed up?
0: Yeah, it was. It was significantly less than half than those who showed up at the they, Atlanta Falcons facility.
1: This was a fucking media ploy at the end of the day. Um, I, I respect why he took a knee and, and his vindication on that. But unfortunately, freedom of speech doesn't come with a dental plan. And the dental plan in this, job, or in this situation was his job. You can say what you want, but you always can't uh, uh, be afraid of the consequences. And his consequences were his career. Um, there's a time and a place for politics. And unfortunately, the workplace, as much as you think you should... I challenge any of you to pass out literature for something you believe in or or disbelieve in or your hatred towards a, uh, an elected official or if you don't like the police. Go to your workplace right now. If you are a server and you work for a restaurant, write fuck the police on every single plate. If you are in the banking industry, um, hand out as you're handing someone their their, their uh, deposit slip back or whatever you do. It I don't fucking go to banks because I do do everything electronically. Um, whatever you hand back, hand a, a piece on how the Federal Reserve is a scam. Um, if you are a policeman, uh, I, I don't know. But you see where I'm going with this? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you do this in any other industry, you would be terminated. So when everyone's shocked, oh my God, Colin Kaepernick got fired and no, no one's going to accept him and it's unfair. No, unfair would be if he just sat silently and he was just randomly picked on and then and then pushed out of the league. He brought the attention to himself, and actions have consequences. And unfortunately, you have to learn that as an adult. For every action, there's an opposite but equal reaction. That's fucking physics 101, man. Um, I can go on and on and on about this. Um, I could care less if Colin Kaepernick plays. Personally, for me, if I owned an NFL team, it's not the fact because that I am racist or whatever. Even if I needed a quarterback, I wouldn't have gone because of the risk. I do not want... To risk the financial loss that my team could occur by having a quarterback, let's just say so he can make some good throws uh with no pads on a high school field with people he's probably already been practicing with. Let me throw a playbook in front of him and say you start Sunday and line him up against the fucking 49ers, the Seahawks, or the Texans, or the Patriots, uh, you know, or the fucking Panthers for that matter. Whole different ballgame. I wouldn't hire him out of the simple fact that he is a personnel risk. His attitude could be detrimental to the locker room, and it could cause financial loss. Teams could say, if you sign Colin Kaepernick, or fans rather, would say, if you sign Colin Kaepernick, uh, we're not going to show up. Let's just say 25% of the stadium decides, season ticket holders, we're not going to show up. Fuck you, we're done. That's money lost. That's concessions loss, that's parking loss, that's a that's a ass in the seat loss. And how many games have you gone to where you haven't bought like a t-shirt or something while you're there, or a hat or a scarf, or a beanie, or whatever? It, it's the long list. And now that will affect NFL total sales because people will say if that, that's how it's gonna be, I'll boycott the NFL and I won't get my Ticket won't do fantasy football or I won't do this or that now I'm not that kind of asshole that would go out and go do that because what Colin Kaepernick does is what he does I could give a shit if he plays or not but from a business standpoint Hiring him is a liability if you want to do it. God bless you, but I wouldn't do it Maybe that's why I don't own an NFL team, but his actions put himself into where he's at now if he believes that there's social injustice in this world has he gone to uh I from Milwaukee. Has he gone to the Wisconsin State Police and and enrolled in, in the academy? Has he got, gone to school and, and got his uh his his judicial doctrine in law and become a lawyer that maybe he can stand and fight? No. Instead he takes a knee and he bitches about it in front of the mic and oh, you're running from me and this, that now I commend him. The man has done a lot of, of work with the 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 communities and he's provided money and 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 clothing and, and things like that To so the, the less fortunate that he is So I'll give him that, he does do a lot with the, comu- uh, with the community But if you want To to spread your message Rent an arena Start a, a rally Fuck, run for office Colin If you think that there's a problem Get in, in into a state and become a representative Or a, a, a congressman Start making change Stop fucking talking about it and do something with it
0: And that's my rant on that man Yeah and you know what you you said a lot of things that I agree, and I you know I'll just say this as transition to Steelers Browns really quickly, is is that I I take what Tony Dungy, a coach that I respect, he's very well respected in the National Football League, and I was watching Sunday night you know watching the pregame Sunday night football, and he and he talked about it, and the one takeaway that I had was his commitment to football. And and one of the things that's Tony Dungy, this is the same dude, this is the same man that helped Michael Vick get a second chance in the NFL. I am a big believer in second chances. I really am. Even if I think you you could be a, I do believe you have a second chance. Michael Vick got that second chance and teams were like, oh no, I won't go into that story. Because at the Falcons fan, it pissed me off in two ways more than one. Two ways. But the point is, is that, is that, And, and the thing is, is that it, he got it. Michael Vick got a second chance. Michael Vick. What did Michael Vick talk about football? Michael Vick lost two years of his career. Once again, I'm going to get to the legality of it. He lost two years of career and he wanted to play football. What I saw from Colin Kaepernick, I didn't see, he didn't mention him or his camp. His camp can say he wants to play football, but is his camp going to be taking those snaps in training camp? Is, this, is, is his camp going to be there to take snaps in practice? No. I wanted Colin Kaepernick to say he wanted to play football again, and he clearly didn't. And mind you, I think we both agree on this, his agenda is his agenda. I have no problem with, with what he did in taking that knee. That's not the crux of the issue. The crux of the issue is that you were given a second chance, to get your job back, and once again, you've made it about you versus the NFL. The Pissed same way, and and essentially, like Tony Dungy said, listen, his commitment to football, it's just not there. And at the end of the day, I don't. It's not a. It's not a race thing. You know, like Stone Cold used to say, it's not a black thing, not a white thing. It's a me kicking your ass thing. It's not a race thing. It's not a black thing, not a white thing. Is that you don't understand what's going on, thing? Colin Kaepernick, you got to understand. If you want a job, listen. You could easily be a starter for Cincinnati, but listen. Even Cincinnati won't hire, won't sign you. Jerry Jones, why you didn't, you didn't see Jerry Jones sending nobody there because his fan base made it clear, like you to the point you made, they weren't going to show up. That's a big stadium they got to fill. So, at the end of the day, I understand it. And speaking of things that uh, – understanding is, is – I want to kind of hit on – because I had a lot of people come to me and, and want me to talk about the Steelers-Brown – the Steelers and the Browns, that fight that you alluded to in the beginning of this podcast. Yeah. And I just want some of your quick thoughts on that.
1: I, I'm, I'm going to touch on that fairly quickly because I know we got to wrap this up. Um, when you get into the NFL, there's a standard that you're just kind of held to. You have children. Kids six, seven years old watching watching you play to go out and rip a helmet off of another player and then use said helmet to bash him in the fucking noggin with it. That's not cool, dude. That I don't care what is going on and going through your brain. You have an expectation to be better than everybody else because you are less than one. But I think the the last time I I, I looked at this, less than three percent of high school athletes make NCAA division one less than one percent of those division one athletes make it to professional sports. So you are at a less than one percent. So you were above the one, one percentile, the 99th percentile and you're out in the field of acting like a fucking asshole. Now hats off to you all pun intended. I don't know if, if, uh, uh, you know, Mr. Bennett, uh, uh, or, or Excuse me, Mr. Garrett um, Maybe picked up on his spare time The Marine Corps School of Infantry uh, manual Because there are, there's actually a page In the SOI manual for the Marine Corps That illustrates how to use your Kevlar Or your ballistic helmet as a weapon If you're in a fucking situation He followed the swinging motion Of the Marine Corps SOI To the T, t. So I don't know if he was a Marine in a, in a past life Maybe he fought in, in Guadalcanal or Iwo Jima Or the Battle of Peleliu or Frozen Chosen or wherever the hell, but that was a great hit with that helmet, but unacceptable in a professional sport. Uh, indefinite suspension, honestly, that he should be gone permanently. Donald Trump, get him out of here! He's done. $250,000, you're done. Now, Mason Rudolph at the same time, you're not the exactly innocent angel either, because you try to his helmet off, again, actions have consequences. Um, he should face some type of penalty as well, but to go to stand up and you, this wasn't one of those jerk reactions. You know, sometime, I'm sure you've been in situations, or I've been, you and your buddies are messing around. You maybe have a drink or two. Someone, you know, kind of fluff punches you. You might just instinctively hit him with a right cross or something on accident. That wasn't the case. They stood up. This dude had his helmet in his hand. He stood back, back stood forward, took a step, and clunked him. He was playing whack-a-mole on Mason Rudolph's head. Uh, I I don't I don't think it was cool. Um Shame on him. He set a very poor example for uh, young athletes, uh, elementary, junior high, high school, college. He he showed a very unacceptable behavior as a professional. And again, this is what I'm hinting at. While you're at your workplace, you can't be acting like a dick. Save it for off the field. Save it for your own personal time. If he wanted to, to beat Mason in the head with something, he should have said, hey, meet me out in the parking lot after the game. I'm going to fuck your ass up. Other than that, but that's what I got on that very unacceptable and
0: you know what you're, you're absolutely right and, and and my my biggest takeaway is this if if you ask people about miles garrett he's a very good dude he you know he was the first all-around player from the texas a he's a hell of a player but this is what i this is what i said and what i my thing is is that i understand if, if mason rudolph started it then maybe find him, suspend him a game or two. But the reality is this. What he did constituted assault. He, he took a weapon, the helmet became the weapon, and he assaulted it. And, and when I hear, you know, a Browns player, they showed Sheldon Richardson defend Miles Garrett, you can't defend that. You can't, if, if, so what you're saying is that, well, and you brought up a good point you know, you get a little tip, you know, whatever, and you put a right cross on somebody, does it make it right? No. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't make it right. So at the end of the day, my, my greater point is this. Miles Garrett, I'm glad he's gone for the year, but I do believe in second, and I, and I go back to that theme of second chances. I do believe in second chances, but I don't think he may get it this year. He may not even get it next year. He may lose two years of his career because of one incident and, and there's always a line. I use I call it you know the Charlie Sheen line. Charlie Sheen was the highest paid actor on television and Chuck Lohr, <laughs> Chuck Lohr, you know he's on the number one show t- until uh, two and a half men, and he was like, you know do what?" <laughs> there you go. Chuck Lor's like he let him do his thing, but how, why did Charlie Sheen get fired? He crossed the line by talking about Chuck Lore. So, you know, at some point, it ties into the Kaepernick thing to a degree where there's always a finite line. And with Miles Garrett, I don't care how angry you were, you assaulted another man. And quite frankly, it goes to the fact that we're not even talking about the Cleveland Browns winning that football game. We're talking about that. And if I'm Freddie Kitchens, that goes to him. Oh, you can support him. That's fine. But you also got to make it clear to your organization because you lost a quarter million dollars behind it that that's not going to be tolerated you keep your emotions because if we're in a big game well I mean a big game left for Cleveland but the point is is that it could cost you a game forget
1: if, if that if I can jump in and like you said that's that's a, a crime if that was anywhere else but a football field if you and I got into a tuffle at a at, let's just say off the tracks just we'll, we'll keep it local you and I went to off the tracks and we got into an altercation I picked up a bar stool and cracked you upside the head with it that's assault and battery with a deadly weapon. That is a felony in the state of Florida. I would go to jail if you and I got into an argument in a Home Depot parking lot and I grabbed a, a fucking hammer and hit you in the head with it. Guess what? Reoccurring trend here. So be happy, Miles Garrett, that you only had to pay a quarter million. I don't even, well, I'm sure he'll pay for it eventually. And that's so you don't get to play for the rest of the season. He's still going to get paid. But be happy that you're not sitting in a jail or on probation or uh, or in you know uh, on trial. You know, I mean, it's just think smartly before you do dumb shit. That that that's my message for today. Maybe we'll quote that for the podcast. Think smart before you do dumb shit.
0: Yeah, that that's a good enough title for me. <laughs> and and but you know, with, with that being said, folks. If you have any other thoughts and comments on it, go to social media at Sports the World go to Twitter and Instagram, it's on our Facebook page Sports in the World, and for the word and. Listen to this episode and every episode. hitting the About tab, check out the content, and once again, I will give the quarterback rankings next week, and, and and once again, folks, once again, leave your thoughts and your comments, and more importantly, rate the show, good, bad, or indifferent. It's always appreciated. You can also drop a message here. We'll play it and. You know, if we like it, we'll play it. If we don't, well, we'll still play it. But but until you hear us again, and until... Fun
1: fact. I have fun facts. So let's not forget the fun uh, facts. Oh,
0: yes, 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 yes. My apologies, folks.
1: So, fun fact. Take a guess where the first zoo in America was. Okay. Give me a city.
0: Give me a city. Oh, any city in Oh,
1: is it in the United States? In any the United States? States. First city to ever have a zoo.
0: Okay. I feel like I should know this. I have two. I'm gonna go with. You know what? I'm gonna say Chicago.
1: Wrong. Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Yeah. Guess, right. guess what else?
0: Oh. Epstein didn't kill himself. Oh, man. You know, folks. I walked into both concepts. You know, every week I hear that. I still learn something new, and that's the quality of education, folks.
1: That's it, boys. Until <laughs> next time.
0: Until next time, folks. Be real. Be you. Be blessed. Until we hear you again. Until let's toast again. I'm Ladarius. And I'm Chris. And enjoy the rest of your day. Be real, be you, and be blessed. See ya. I'm Linares Brown. And on behalf of Chris and myself, we both want to thank you for listening to Sports of the World Football Edition, wherever podcasts can be heard. If you have any comments, thoughts, good, bad, or indifferent, head over to our social media at Sports the World, both Twitter and Instagram, head over to the Facebook page, Sports and the World, to go to the About tab. Listen in every episode. Check out the content. Leave your thoughts and comments there as well. Once again, we thank you for your time, for listening to Sports and the World, Football Edition.